If you're lost, feeling low, if it feels like you've got nowhere to go, take a breath, look and see that there's still so much that you can be. If you need, I'm around, we will pick your feet up off the ground, and we'll turn it around. Welcome to the Captivating Creatives Podcast. This is a podcast for an actor, singer, dancer, creative artist of any kind. We'll be taking one deep, deep stage dive into personal development for creatives with interviews, intention setting, getting yourself motivated, and so much more. Ready? Go. Good morning, lovely, lovely humans. I... I have so much I want to talk to you guys about today, first and foremost, but I wanted to just start off by saying this week I have learned really a lesson I've been learning for about a year, but I feel like I really understood it this week and I feel like it's something really important for you guys to hear and that is the idea of rest. Um, I've struggled a lot with the idea of rest because in my mind, it meant I had this like story going on in my head that when I needed to rest, it meant I was weak. And as messed up as that sounds, and maybe you have the same story, maybe it's twisted in a different way, but I believed so wholeheartedly that for instance, when I was sick, that meant in my head that I was a damsel in distress and I had to push harder past it so that I could keep going. I knew deep down I needed to rest, I needed to drink tea, I needed to do nothing, but my mind would have a, just have such a hard time doing that because it would just feel overwhelmed with amounts of guilt that I wasn't pursuing my dreams. And... This week, I really got slapped in the face with that. Not only um, right after the masterclass, which was freaking awesome. It was Tuesday night. It was so much fun. But as you guys can imagine, doing something like a launch or stuff like that really does have a lot of work cut out for it. And so when it ends, you need to rest because your body and your mind are just go, 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 go for so long. But then the day after the masterclass, I went to the gym in the morning and I ended up doing something really weird to my leg. I was doing a set of squats because it was my cross training leg day and I went down, I did a set and I came up and I kind of like walked around, I did some um, other stuff and then I went down to do my second set and something had felt kind of weird beforehand but nothing like to raise an alarm but I went down and literally it felt like, I, I think I went like, ugh, like it was one of those moments and it felt like just such a huge cramp, but like put strain on it. I don't really know how else to say it, but I like walked it off. I kind of, I went into the sauna just to kind of like get the the muscle warm again and just to get it out. I don't really know how else to say it, but I went through the day and by the end of it, it felt like a boa constrictor had like wrapped around my quad muscle on the left side and was squeezing it and contorting it in all different ways. Sorry, this is super graphic, but I want to explain to you guys like this was something that never has happened to me, but it just like came out of nowhere. I knew in that moment, obviously that something was wrong, 
And me, my initial instinct in that moment was to be like, okay, well, just do five more squats and it'll be fine. Or, okay, well, you're going on a three-mile run tomorrow. You just push through and do it anyway. And it got to the end of the day and I was like limping, like something was just not right. And I refused to believe that it meant I had to rest. Until the next morning, it was Thursday morning, I was just in pain. I mean, like it was, it wasn't like stabbing, but like anytime it moved, it felt like my muscle would just take into a bat. Like it just felt so bad. And I decided in that moment, okay, I will not push myself harder than I need to today. And so I went through the whole day and I like, I put like tiger balm on it and I like rolled it out and stuff like that. I really took good care of it. And side note, if any of you guys are like medical professionals or like know exactly what to do in this moment and you're like, this bitch is doing everything wrong. What does she think she's doing? I'm only human. I was doing the best is what I got. So don't at me. And this morning, despite it definitely feeling better, I was still like, okay, I'm wanting to do a sprint triathlon tomorrow because apparently that's my new hobby. (laughs) Um, I'm wanting to do a sprint triathlon tomorrow. I need to rest again today. And my boyfriend and I were talking because he's actually having some heel pain this week um, from running. And we looked at each other and we're like, okay, like we both realize that pushing ourselves to the brink is not what's going to sustain our health journey. And about four or five months ago, him and I really started taking our health extremely seriously. And to the point where we were like getting up, we're going to the gym at least five to six times a week. Um, And we do different intervals. Some days we do super hard cross training. Some days we do short runs. Some days we do really low impact active rest where it's like yoga or something like that for like 20 minutes. Like it really, it's a huge variable, but we do about six days a week. And we realized that we were pushing ourselves to the brink in different ways and that showed up in different areas of our body for both of us. And the reason I want to bring this up is that I know that especially if you guys are huge achievers like I am, the amount of pressure that you put on your mind and your body really flares up when it goes into chaos. And it's so easy to rely on the habit of just push through, just push through. It shows you're weak if you don't, blah, blah, blah. But in true honesty, the best thing that you can do is rest. And I feel like it finally sinked in to me this week that like that's what I need to do. And so we looked at each other and despite us really wanting to do the sprint triathlon tomorrow, we are putting it on a question mark, which to me who who desires planning and certainty. I'm so freaking type A sometimes. Um, that scares the living crap out of me because it's like I need to know my um, my diet plan for today so I can prepare for tomorrow so I like have more energy and I can like sustain longer and stuff like that. But it's like in all actuality, sometimes you just need to kind of wait out the day and see where we're at by the end and if we need to push ourselves tomorrow or if we need to do something much more low impact. This might sound like really low stakes and some of you might think I am absolutely bananas. Like some of you might be like, I don't understand this problem at all. I don't know what you're talking about, Nicole. But do understand that there are times when you're really sick. Um, I'll remember, I will never forget this. There was a time in college 
when I was disgustingly sick. I mean, just like bedridden. I could barely stand up without like getting so dizzy and getting so head poundy that I would almost fall over. But me being the fiercely independent, stupid person that I was at the time, I would not let anyone take care of me. If anyone offered to grab me a Gatorade or grab me some juice or grab me water even or food, I would say, no, I got it, but I wouldn't be able to stand up and go get it. And so two weeks went by of barely any water, barely any food, and finally I looked at uh, my friend and I said, okay, I need to go to the emergency room. Like, this is bad. And I, I use this extreme example because it's just, it's such a good telltale that like, You can ask for help and you can rest your body in what you truly believe will get you better. And again, some of you might think I'm totally crazy. Some of you might not relate to this at all and that's okay. We're going to talk about some other stuff today. But I just wanted to bring this up first and foremost because in February especially, a lot of sickness is happening. Um, There's a lot of exhaustion. We're about to hit daylight savings. There's a lot of like sleep patterns all messed up, mercury's in retrograde, all that good stuff. But I just want to remind you that if you take a day off to rest because your body is telling you you need that, do it completely guilt-free. Seriously. You deserve a day of rest. And one I know I know one of my trigger points when I'm resting is if I look on Instagram and I see someone else's highlight reel of them going out and killing it or them going to them doing Instagram stories or them doing an audition or something like that where it's like they're putting themselves out there because they're well and they're able to and then I immediately feel overwhelmed with guilt that I'm not doing anything to chase my dream. And I know that it's a trigger point for me, so I have to put it away. So whenever I'm resting, having my blinders on almost when it comes to like looking at my phone or like looking at certain things that I'm watching, I have to be really, really careful because there's an easy trigger point for me where if I see someone achieving something, I immediately start just getting super hard on myself and saying, you're lazy. How dare you take a day off? Like, what do you think you're doing? If I watch a Gary Vee video when I'm sick, I'm done for. Like, (laughs) don't get me wrong. I love Gary Vee and he really like gives me a kick in the ass sometimes, but he is so about the grind. And I think that while that's extremely important, but when you're unable to do something, you, you can't push your body too hard because it will get injured. And I'm, I'm using specifically um, this week's example because I know that if I had run my three miles yesterday, my leg would be dead today. Or like, especially because I have a knee injury on that same side. It's like, the like you know, there's just, you, you need to be careful and put your body's health first. Obviously, there's a difference between making excuses and wanting to be careful. Do you feel that difference? Because making excuses could be like, uh, you know, I'm just like, I'm feeling really tired today when you're not actually. And, oh, you know, it's like, it's already dark outside. I don't really want to go to the gym. That's making excuses as opposed to, hey, my ankle's been hurting the past few days. I'm really nervous to go on a run. So I'm going to do stretches and icing it instead. There's so a huge difference between those two things. But I just wanted to remind you that like, if you need to rest, Please let your body do so. 
please, 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 please. It is okay and know what your trigger points are because that is what's going to bring on that extreme guilt feeling. And if you're already aware of it and you avoid them, you're able to actually find some peace and some relaxation in this process of relaxing. (laughs) Like, go figure. So I just wanted to bring that up today. I didn't know who else needed to hear that, but I am assuming it might be at least a few of you. So without further ado, though, I want to talk to you guys today about what does it look like to start a personal development journey? Because something happens in your mind and in your literal blueprint of your mind when you make a strong enough decision that you're not going to tolerate the life you have lived in the past anymore. And I can honestly tell you with full assurance in my whole body, that has been the best decision of my entire life, period. When I decided that I will no longer tolerate people that make me feel like crap. Oh my God, there's a beautiful quote going around the social media the other day. And it was, I no longer sit at tables where I might be the topic of discussion when I get up. That hit me like a ton of bricks the other day. But when I decided that I was no longer going to tolerate a community that made me feel like shit, when I no longer was going to tolerate a sleeping schedule or a health schedule that made me feel less energized and less ready for the day, when I said I would no longer tolerate foods consistently that made me feel like I was dying on the inside and so on and so forth. When I finally decided that I was no longer going to tolerate a life that I was living to the tens, my entire life changed. And like, it was amazing. Even though I only changed a few of my habits here and there, my entire life did a 180. Um, I'll give you guys a few examples. I made, it was actually, oh my gosh, about a year ago today. That's really cool. It was about a year ago towards the end of February. So around a year ago today, um, I had a night out with a bunch of my restaurant friends and I low key, I woke up the next morning, not knowing what happened the night before. And I wish I could say that was the first night that happened. It was very much so not. And it scared the living crap out of me for the first time in a long time. And I finally was just like, no more. I refuse to do this anymore. I cannot keep doing this not only for my body and for my health and for my poor sweet liver, but for my well-being the next day. I was a dead human the next day. Like, and it was, it was one of the first weekends I had moved in with my boyfriend. Like it was just, it was all just a huge whammy. I felt so guilty for being in this vegetable state. I felt so sick to my stomach, obviously. And I finally was just like, no more. I refuse to do that ever again because I had such a hard time allowing myself to believe that I was a lightweight and that resulted in me getting way too drunk way too quickly and blacking out and it it hurts me to think about it now because it was such a huge part of my life for years and I made that decision in that moment that I will no longer drink 
to excess. And it actually kind of dwindled down weeks and weeks and weeks after that I just stopped drinking. And I now literally will have maybe a half of a cider <laughs> go like big spender over here. I'll maybe have like a half of a cider with dinner once a week max. And it, I, I've never had more energy. Like, I mean, truly, like when I cut alcohol drastically out of my life, like my mornings were easier. My health was better. I like noticed a lot of, um, uh, money in my bank account. Like you guys, it's just, it, it made it making that decision of just, I will no longer tolerate something that is literally poisoning me. When I phrased it that way, I was like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, why am I still doing this? And so that is one example. Another is to truly just start working towards my goals. Like I, I started really becoming aware of what are my actions that I take every single day? What are the habits I make every single day? Because your habits become your destiny. And I noticed that my habits were not serving me in the way that I wanted them to. Now, here's the deal. I tried changing all of my habits all at once. It did not work. (laughs) It did not work. I truly had to do one at a time, and I'm still working on a lot of them. But changing one at a time, mastering a new habit, and then going to the next one was the only way I was able to create this life that I'm living today. And that started with getting up earlier. That started with conditioning my mind to go to the gym six days a week. That conditioned with uh, choosing healthier foods and really letting myself have that discipline and condition that discipline into me because it's a skill. I don't think you're born with discipline. I think it is a skill that you develop. And and just doing that over and over and over again until finally I was choosing the healthier foods. I was um, drinking the stupid water. I was um, I, I cut out sort of six or seven years ago, but it's the same deal. I, I realized that that was something that did not make me feel good. I cut it out and I had so much freaking energy. It was amazing. And if you guys know me um, for a while, you know I do on and off paleo. It's just something that works for me. I'm not preaching it to other people, but it is truly just something that works in my body. Um, But when I cut out sugar for 30 days, I notice not only more energy, I have less anxiety. I want to stress that one. (laughs) It's stress, the less anxiety. Gotta, gotta. But I want to really underline that because if you are someone who um, does suffer from a lot of anxiety, I want you to look at your diet and don't become obsessed about it. It's not worth being obsessed about it in like a negative way, but start being curious about it and start looking at like, I started doing some research and I realized that, okay, when I eat sugar, my body goes into anxiety, like point blank. And so I started doing Whole30 and I was amazed by the results I was getting in and out. And yeah, I felt fucking strong. Like I would go to the gym. I'd have so much energy. My body felt like just exhilarated. My mind felt so clear. I realized I was doing the best work I had ever done. And I felt so motivated to keep going. 
So changing your diet is honestly a huge part of your journey to personal development because health is such a huge part of a personal development journey. And I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like health is my number one value. Um, it goes above my relationships. It goes above my personal growth. I mean, I, I guess I kind of qualify it under a, uh, under a realm of personal growth, but my health is so incredibly, incredibly important to me because if I don't have my health, I don't have anything that follows it. I don't have the relationship I crave. I don't have the mind that I desire. I don't have the growth that I'm striving for because my mind's not clear, because my anxiety's high, because I feel like crap all the time. So health was really my number one thing that I dove into when I started really taking this personal development journey seriously. Another thing is a gratitude list. I started really taking my gratitude list seriously. And by seriously, I mean I started actually doing a gratitude list. But if you guys have ever um, done a gratitude list before, done a gratitude practice, you know some days it connects on the deepest level. You feel so good. It feels so confident and so solid. And some days it feels like a freaking chore. Now, on the days that it feels like a chore, the only reason is because your mind is not in the present. If it's in the present, it will feel like that first one. It'll feel rock solid. It'll feel abundant. But if you have it where your mind is constantly in the future, maybe it's full of anxiety or maybe it's thinking of your to-do list for today. Maybe it's like, okay, just get your gratitude list done so that you can move on with your day. That is when you need the gratitude list the most. Because what a gratitude list does is it puts your mind in the present moment and it really gets yourself centered and grateful for what you have in your life right now. And I started doing a gratitude list that only includes things from the past 24 hours and that was really specifically because now my mind after doing this for so many months, my mind is now trained to look for things in these next 24 hours to be grateful for. So I automatically have become an optimist because of the gratitude list. Yes, I've always been a fierce optimist, but it's been an intentional optimism. I've never, like, <laughs> my some of the darkest times in my life were when I went on autopilot and I let my limiting belief decide if I was op- an optimist or a pessimist. And I bet you guys can imagine what a limiting belief would choose. It would choose pessimism. And so I would immediately go straight to the negative. I felt like such a burden to be around. And it was so awful and almost like I was apologizing to be alive. And when I started intentionally becoming an optimist and truly choosing the bright side, even when it was hard, that is when I started to see my one foot in front of the other, momentum starting to rise. Because when you are in a state of pessimism and an obstacle comes up, you're not going to move forward. You're going to stay where you are. You're going to choose to suffer. And you're going to be like, woe is me. I'm so sad. My life sucks. Blah, 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 blah. Obviously, that was, I can't even act it because it feels so foreign to me now. But when you are in a state of optimism and an obstacle comes up, you think, okay, how can I redirect from this? How can I learn from this obstacle? What is this obstacle trying to teach me? 
and then put one foot in front of the other. What can I control? What can I do in this moment? You start to ask yourself momentum questions as opposed to, woe is me, why does this always happen to me, blah, blah, blah. Because remember, the quality of your life is in direct result of the quality of the questions you ask yourself. So if you're asking yourself negative gearing questions like, why does this always happen to me? Your brain is literally conditioned to answer those questions. If this episode is resonating with you, you might be a great fit for my one-on-one coaching program. I help people like you get rid of your limiting beliefs, get out of your comfort zone, and start achieving your dreams. If you'd like more information about my program, you can email me at hello at lifecoachbaker.com to book your free discovery call. Link to my email is in the description. Now, back to the episode. Shins. It's just how the human brain works. So if you say, why does this always happen to me? And your brain is like, oh, well, bitch, I have some answers for you. Versus, okay, what can I learn from this? You're going to have very different answers. You're going to have very different momentum afterward. And you're going to take some really serious different action. So really starting to look at where that intention sets come from. And instead of trying to monitor your thoughts at all given moments of the day, because that would be exhausting and quite frankly impossible, start to just do a gratitude list and start those little things that will make your brain think this way habitually in the long term. Now, here's the deal. We live in a world that is so... um, instant gratification. It needs the I want it now factor. And that's why a lot of people do not keep up with personal development because, guys, it's not an I want it now sort of situation. It is not an overnight gratification. This is a journey. There's a reason we call the personal development journey just that because it never stops. You never just like have a decision and you wake up the next day and all your life's problems are fixed. Your limiting beliefs are gone. You're able to take massive action and you're a millionaire and you're fine. That doesn't happen. You have to take the actions every single day. You have to build the habits every single day and it takes a lot of work, which is why a lot of people don't do it. People these days especially are so incredibly used to being on autopilot or being just relying on their habits, whereas when you're try- when you're trying to do a personal development journey, you cannot rely on those habits. You have to find different actions to take, and it requires a lot of brain power. In fact, if you actually literally touch the um, the point right above the middle of your eyebrows, like on the top of your forehead, we call this the prefrontal cortex. And when you are changing in a habit or when you're trying to get really intentional, all of your brain energy go right here in this prefrontal cortex and it requires a lot more focus and energy. That is why when you have a habit that you're trying to change, all the energy goes right here and it feels 10 times harder and then you beat yourself up for it not being as easy as your condition limiting habit. So then, of course, you're like, well, fuck, that's hard. I don't want to keep doing that. And you go back to your old habit. Or you do it once, you think you'll have mastered it because the other way you've mastered so well, and then you go back to your old habits because 
your brain just immediately goes, okay, I've mastered it, when in actuality, you haven't. You have to do it so many times in order to physically master it. I do, I have heard that quote that like, it takes 21 days to um, break in a new habit, something like that. Um, I believe that works in some ways. I believe it doesn't in others. There are many mornings that the alarm goes off at 6 a.m. And I've been doing the 6 a.m. alarm many more than 21 times that I don't want to get up and go to the gym. I don't. It is not a habit. It is not something that I want to do. In fact, it is something that I actively want to just stay in bed. But I know that getting up and going to the gym, those first 20 minutes are the hardest. And once I get past those 20 minutes, I feel unfucking stoppable. So I know that once I get past that, that momentum is what brings me to this new habit of getting up in the morning. What I'm saying is that you're not going to feel motivated to continue on with these habits that might help you. In fact, you're going to feel kind of the opposite because you're going to want to rely on those old habits that keep you in your comfort zone. When you are getting out of your comfort zone, your mind goes haywire and it goes absolutely batshit crazy because it's like, what are you doing? I I don't understand. This is danger. It is literally danger. I see a saber-toothed tiger in front of me and it must be stopped. You have to go back in your comfort zone or else you're going to die. That was an extreme example, but it's true. Like Our brains have been conditioned from the many, many ages ago that when we are out of our comfort zone, it means that we're about to die because a saber-toothed tiger is coming towards us or some, or some a bear or whatever. It's from those ages of when we're cavemen, that same fight or flight method has come into our daily life now, but instead of it being a saber-toothed tiger, it might be doing a really vulnerable post on social media, or it might be getting up early to go to the gym every single day. It will feel out of your comfort zone and our brain is conditioned to keep us in our comfort zone because that means that we're going to stay quote unquote safe. But you guys, I want you to hear this especially. There is no fulfillment in safe. None. When we are out of our comfort zone, when we are trying new things, when we are pushing ourselves to new heights that we never thought possible, that is where fulfillment comes from. That is where fulfillment comes from. So you have to start pushing yourself out of that comfort zone and into this whole new world of personal development because then once you push yourself out of the comfort zone enough, it becomes your new circumference of comfort zone. I think, I think of it this way. Imagine holding your um, your hand in a little circle real quick and like just putting your two, your index fingers together and your thumbs together and seeing that circle. And right on the outside of this circle that you have is a new step or a new habit you're trying to build. But it's out of your comfort zone and your brain freaks out. But do it enough and the circumference of the circle grows. And then you do another thing outside of your comfort zone and then the circle grows. And you just keep on doing that. And the more things you do and the more things you master, the bigger your comfort zone gets. And it's really exciting. And it's just, it's, it's so beautiful the way that that works because once you get out of your comfort zone enough times, that is truly where you're going to find that personal growth and, def- and fulfillment. Now, here's something I really want to emphasize here. Personal development There's a reason we call it 
personal development. It's supposed to be personal. So everyone's personal development journey is going to be wildly different. Wildly different. Mine started and went really slowly until I made some decisions and then it started picking up some pace. Other people start off immediately and they hit the ground running and they change all their habits at once. That works for some people. I don't know how it does, but if you have enough discipline and enough um, mental capacity, I think that's great. Mine I knew was going to take a little bit more time. I'm still in the midst of my personal development journey for sure because it's never going to end, ever, 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 ever. There's so many things I want to do in my personal development journey that I am not even close to ready yet. An Ironman? That's on my list. Yes, 26.2 miles after over a 100-mile bike ride and a 2.5-mile swim. Yes, that is on my list of things that I want to do in my life. (laughs) I want to give a TED Talk. I want to do so many different things that I'm not ready for yet. But I know that if I grow my comfort zone so many times then someday that's going to be right on the outside of my comfort zone and I'll be able to grow into that as well, period. And it excites me, to be honest, it really does. But the way that I started attacking my my goals or my achieving of these new habits is I started with an idea, I made it a goal, and then I here's here's where a lot of people taper off. They start with a goal, they have an idea, and they just keep it as a goal, and they're like, okay, I'll get there eventually. But what you have to do is break it down. What are the milestones that are going to get you to that goal? I'm going to use this as an example. Something that is right now on the outer edge of my comfort zone circumference is running a half marathon, just right on the outer edge. I'm training for it, I'm getting ready for it, but it is outside of my comfort zone, and I know it's my next big hurdle. So what I need to do is instead of just looking at the idea of a uh, half marathon and having it down in the books and hoping for the best, I have to chunk it down and plan it out. So I have an entire calendar on my wall that is devoted solely for exercise, that is devoted only for getting me to the finish line. So I have different days that I'm running different distances. I have different days that I'm cross-training. I have different days that I'm resting and yoga and active rest and all that kind of stuff. But it is planned out to the T so it'll get me across the finish line. But that's not the only thing I can do. It's also changing my diet and making sure I am set up for success from the inside out when I am on that racetrack. It's also my mindset getting my mind ready and listening to a bunch of running podcasts, to a bunch of running books, to recovery and um, getting the right shoes. Like there's so many different breakdowns of this. But what I did is I wrote out, I ran a half marathon because I always write down my goals in the past tense because it tricks my brain into believing that I already did it. I ran a half marathon and then I broke down all the steps that I needed to take to do so. And this might seem overwhelming. And sometimes if it seems too overwhelming, what I'll do is I'll start where I am right now and I'll say, okay, what's my next step? And then after I complete that step, what's my next step? And after I complete that step, what's my next step? And so on and so forth until I cross the finish line. But what I'm saying is that if you just have the idea of a goal of I will get to Broadway someday, 
if you just have that as a distant goal in your mind, it's a dream. It's not a goal. But if you chunk it down into steps, then it's a goal. A goal is a dream with action steps in between. It's truly just as simple as that, you guys. There's a book called Everything is Figure Outable. It's by Marie Forleo. And you can tell from the title itself that truly in life, if you want to do anything, you can figure it out. You just have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. You have to be willing to fail a hell of a lot. And you have to be willing to go for it. It's just that simple, but we make it so complicated in our heads because we haven't mastered everything and it doesn't happen right away. Allow yourself to enjoy the journey just as much as you enjoy the finish line. That We talked about that last week with Heather and I thought like I've been, I've been marinating on that episode so much because she said that her biggest achievements in life, they're, they're amazing when she crosses it, but it's nothing compared to the journey and the process itself. So you have to fall in love with the process. And that's what I've really made my goal for this half marathon is like, yes, I'm so excited for the finish line. Literally, my boyfriend and I were talking about what our finish line crossing songs are going to be this morning. But I also have to realize that this training is going to be just as fun as crossing the finish line to the greatest showman because that's 100% what I'm crossing the finish line to. But you guys, you guys get what I'm stepping in. But there's so much there that you can achieve and it all begins with just making the first step and allowing yourself to get out of that comfort zone and allowing yourself the gift to fail. Now, there's one other big part of starting a personal development journey. Huge part. And I saved it for last for a reason. Because it's the most important, in my opinion. And it's the one that made the biggest difference for me when I was starting mine. I got really picky about who I spent my time with and what information I took in. I'm going to say that again. I got really picky about who I spent my time with, and about the information that I took in. I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier with the um, sitting at the table quote, but I want to stress it again because the importance of who you hang out with, there's a, there's a study and a quote and about a million other things that you are an exact medium of the five people you hang out with most. And the first time I heard that, it kind of went in one ear and out the other. And the second time I heard that, it like sunk in a little bit more. But it was like the third or fourth time I heard that, I looked and I physically wrote down the people I hung out with most. And uh, I was shocked. I was shocked by the people I allow into my space and I allow into my energy. And I changed a lot of them pretty much overnight. And... Um, it was the biggest joy in my life. And I mean, you guys, I'm not saying I had to start World War III with these people, but what I'm saying is I just, I, I truly just kind of let off the gas pedal of getting to hang out with them or reaching out to them and stuff like that. And yes, it did raise some questions from them about like, hey, why aren't you hanging out with me as much? Or hey, why isn't this? And I was straight up honest with them in a very 
empathic way yeah it might have hurt some feelings it might have been a little bit harsh but you guys it was my choice and it's my life at the end of it and sparing someone else's feelings is not worth years and years and years of hurt and energy from myself and that might seem really detached that might seem really cruel but I don't care because it made such a huge difference and when I decided to get really picky on who I spent my time with that is when everything started to change and I looked at the people who really inspired me and I made a point to fill my ears with them often now that looks like one of my core five is not a person who knows my name at all Um, It is a person I obsess over in the personal development world. She's written many books. She has many podcasts, and I absorb her information at least daily via Instagram podcasts or audiobooks all the time. I mean, it's someone who I just am really inspired by. And when I fill my ears with her, I notice a difference in my actions. And I notice a difference in my health choices. And I notice a difference in the person who I'm wanting to be because it revolves a lot around who this woman is right now. And I know that that's the kind of life I'm wanting to live. I also realized that some people on my list of my five people were exceptional, exceptional um, energies and um, and examples of uh, action takers and goal setters and stuff like that. And I made a point to hang out with them more. And now I literally have a night of the week devoted strictly to that girl group that makes me feel loved and supported and inspired because they are a group of women that I am so obsessed over because they are all, like I said, they're all just such goal getters. And then of course, my, my amazing, beloved, incredible boyfriend was number one on there because he, I'm like getting choked up thinking about it. He is truly the person who means the world to me. And he is my number one supporter. He is, um, someone who will always make me laugh. He is just like, I'm like, Oh God, Valentine's Day hit me hard, guys, in the feels. (laughs) But um, what I'm saying is that I looked really carefully at the people who I spent my time with most, and I redirected it. So it was a version of the five people that I know three years from now, Nicole, would be so proud of and so encouraged by. I want to phrase that a little differently because I think that's really important. A lot of my mindset, a lot of my actions, and a lot of my habits are the habits, the mindset, and the actions of who I want to be three years from now and the goals and the actions and the achievements that she three years from now, Nicole has completed. I live my life as if I am her today. And that looks like in the form of my diet, that looks like in the form of my health habits, my action taking this podcast to to begin with. Like, I mean, um, and then also with who I listen to, who I am inspired by and all that kind of stuff, because what you take in really does shape what your life is on the outside. Really be careful with what you're allowing into your energy because it's just, it it changes everything when you start to realize that there are people who are not serving you and you don't hang out with them as much and you realize the difference in your motivation. It's amazing. Um, now, let's just say, for instance, you have someone in your life that makes you feel 
not motivated. That makes you feel not like the highest version of yourself, but you do not feel like they're someone you can cut out completely. Maybe they're a family member. Maybe they're a roommate. Um, that's okay. And you don't, don't feel like you have to, again, don't feel like you have to start World War Three and you have to cut them out like overnight, but just start to ease off the gas pedal with them and start to be like, hey, like, I'm going to hang out with this person tonight. And, or, hey, like, I want to take a moment to read instead of chat. Or, like, you just start being cautious of the time you spend with them. And if there is a must where you are spending time with them and you don't feel comfortable standing up to them or anything like that, put a physical wall up. Literally. Like, put not, like, literally, like, stack books. But, like, put an energy wall up. And say, I will not let this person's energy into mine today. Like, I will no longer subscribe to that. And see what the difference is. Because when you actively go into a conversation, there are numerous situations in my life right now where I have to go into them and be like, okay, I'm putting up a wall energy and I will not let this impact the life that I live on every other given day. So... It's possible. It's a lot more mindful. You have to use your prefrontal cortex a lot more, but it's it's worth the other option, which is let them into your energy and let them tear you down five pegs. Because honestly, those people, the only reason that they are so negative, they are so uninspired, is because they are so incredibly rooted in that comfort zone. They're so afraid to take any kind of action, and you are not responsible for getting them out of that comfort zone. That is entirely their decision. That is not your job at all. Let me say that again. That is not your job to get them to a higher version of themselves. The best thing that you can do is inspire them. And get yourself to a higher version and to work on yourself and start living your fullest potential because then they're going to look over at you and be like, damn, this bitch is happy. Wow, she's really happy. Could I do that? And if instead they ask the question of, wow, she's really happy. I'll never be this happy, so I have to tear her down a peg. Look at that friendship or that relationship. Because no friend, relationship, whatever, no one that you have in your core five should ever, ever want to take you down to their level. If that is the case, I strongly recommend you look at what it would take to leave that friendship or relationship because it's just, it's not worth it in the end. This is your life. You only get one and if you're starting a personal development journey, you, you can't have that energy around you because it's so easy for you to fall back into those old habits and it'll feel so comfortable. It'll feel so quote unquote like home. But the other side, you guys, I can't even tell you how worth it it is. It's amazing. So without further ado, I know that that was kind of a huge long rant of an episode, but I felt really heavy on my heart to talk about this because especially in February, everyone gets a little, what's the word? Hopeless. It's so cold. It's so dreary. We're about to hit daylight savings. So it's about to be darker. Like it's just a lot of people are kind of giving into that seasonal depression. And this is a solid reminder that you do not have to just subscribe to that. Your personal development 
does not take off the winter, does not take off February. Your personal development is a constant practice. And you can choose every single day whether you want to suffer and go back a few steps or if you want to be fulfilled and happy and passionate and take 10 steps forward. It is always your decision and it's just a shift of your mood. But you guys, you're amazing. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Let me know if you have any questions, comments, concerns about starting your own personal development journey. Go ahead and shoot me a DM on Instagram at lifecoachbaker if you want any personal suggestions or anything like that. But you guys are awesome. I will talk to you super soon and I hope you have a great day. Bye. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social, scream it from the mountaintops, rate her five stars, whatever floats your boat, but it really does help get the word out there. Also, if you're wanting more daily mindset tips, follow me on Instagram at lifecoachbaker and join the Facebook group Captivating Creatives where we do a bunch of worksheets, live trainings, all for free. Also, major shout out to Cooper Baldwin who wrote, composed, mixed everything a human can do for music for this show. Check him out at cooperbaldwinmusic.com. Thanks, Cooper. You're amazing. You guys have a beautiful day and I'll talk to you soon.